Ah. I'm sorry, the woman's face threw me off. <laughs> it's all good. My phone, I don't know what happened with my connection. You know, oh, you know, it I sure is no awesome. Look, that was my sister's phone. So I said, yo, give me your phone. I can't <laughs> blow this. We appreciate that, guys. Welcome to Music Mondays with Terry Khan, where our guest tonight is none other than the amazing, the pastor, the producer, the artist, the living legend himself, Pastor John P. Keith. Put your hearts out. Great to see you. I'm happy to be here. I am I, I'm so honored that you would take the time to come and, and uh and chat with us. Yes, people, the goat. I didn't is there a goat emoji? That's so cool. Listen, we want to jump right into it. I have a lot of questions for you. Let's get them. It's, it's not every day you get a chance to talk to a living legend. And guys, I'm asking you in the audience, please, if you have a question for Dr. Key, just hit that, uh, hit the question mark, put it in the comment box. Please do not put your questions on the wall because in the last half an hour, we're gonna to get to those questions. Pastor Key, how are you feeling today? I'm great. Listen, I've been up almost 24 at a session today. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna go home and knock out. And I said, uh-oh, no, I can't go. Let me, say, let me tell you why I'm here. I've, I've watched you interview and your humility just shines. I promise you, you you're, you're one of the few. Um, I've got something really good going on the first of the year with the movie, and I'm going to reach out to you. I want you to be a part of it. Thank you. <laughs> your Sir Soul, Soul interview was so cool. That's my buddy, too. Oh, I don't my even know if you knew I was, I was eavesdropping, but I was in the room, and I just appreciate you for being humble. Thank you. I did see you in the room. And I was trying, I never want to disrespect the artist by talking to the other people, but I wanted to have a whole conversation with you. <laughs> I, I was trying to keep it cool. I was like, oh, hey, I think bless you, Dr. Key. And my, my heart was like. <laughs> but thank you again for granting this interview. Um, I, I always like to take it back to the beginning. You have been in this industry for over 30-something odd years. I didn't even know your first record. I see 1987. Right. Yes, right, Lord, right. live. That was the first gospel record. I actually entered the industry. Um, you heard my voice. I did a commercial for TV when I was young. Okay. Um, that's why I'm giving you this hallmark, and I hope that you will see <laughs> what I'm really giving you is a part of me. And uh, I did that years ago. I actually wrote the commercial as well. And uh, so I was a writer, a ghostwriter, doing things in the industry. I worked with Phyllis Hyman, uh, Kai Wendy, the trombone player, Donald Bird and the Blackbirds cameo. I was 14 and 15 years old back then. Uh, Peter Frampton. Yeah. Wow. So you've always, so you have been that uh, childhood, like Apollo star that we see. You've always known from the child that this is what you were going to do. It's so weird. You know, to answer that question kind of uh, freaks me out a little bit because I can't tell you what I was really chasing. I was, um, mm -hmm. um, I was a baby and I was a piano in the house. The piano was not purchased for me. Okay. So I was, you know, playing the piano just by ear because I could keep dad's attention because he liked them good old gospel five chord songs. So I learned the five chords. Um, um, as a uh, uh, beginning, the, the musician stage, I got a scholarship to 
a conservatory in North Carolina School of the Arts. And um, um, I don't even know what I was chasing. They, they saw something in me that I didn't even see. So I was just in the, in the room, you know, learning uh, the true quality of, 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 of how to sing, if you oh. would. I studied oh. under uh, Branch Hanshanti. And um, this later helped me years on when I'm on tour, hitting Chicago, Detroit, you know, LA, New York, boom, boom, boom. Oh. And people wanting you to sound the same every city. So mm -hmm. I got to go back and use all those exercises and things I learned at 14 and 15, you know? So, so it just, I never really knew, even when the gospel industry, when I first entered in, I wanted to be a writer. Okay. Daryl Coley, Daryl Coley took my, my music to the Hawkins family and I began to work with the Hawkins and um, my singer, that I brought to, to sing at the conference was too high to sing. So I had to end up singing Jesus Lives in Me, which was my first entry. And I didn't have the range that Daryl Coley and some of the other people had. Yeah. So I'm doing all these acrobatics with my vocal just to keep the song interesting to drive. Right. So it was always me chasing something else that opened another door. Wow, and here we are today. And what do you think the industry is, from what I hear, it's not an easy thing. So what do you think has sustained you all of these years? I mean, besides the fact that you can sing notes that I can only point to and you got some crazy singers in the band, this type, but what do you think has really sustained you all of this time? I think I'm having the ability to wake up and, and, and not try to recreate who I am. You know, I think I think um, knowing who I am on a day to day, you know, uh, yeah. I don't wake up to try to be Todd Tribbett, who's a son of mine, or Kirk, who's a son of mine. Right. Um, I've always, who Fred, who's a brother, um, I've, I've always known who I was in the mix. Last night, I, I'm on Instagram and Kiki Shear is, is rocking. Um, um, show up, you know, and, yeah, and when I hear that stuff, it just becomes new. And I, she'll probably laugh at this if she's watching. Jeanette Taylor was in the room and the song went to a point where there was a breakdown and mm -hmm. my neck moved and her arm moved and Sheila's neck, you know, we just, we remember those songs when they were just a part of who we were, but they were rocking the nation back then and people still embrace them today. I have to tell you what it is for me. If, if anybody knows me, they know I have a deep affinity for you. And I'm not saying this because you're on my platform, but um, you, your music introduced me to gospel music. See, I come from a Caribbean African background. So church for us on a Sunday was like, you know, carnival, right? So it wasn't until my teenage years that I really started exploring other types of music and I'm just going to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't really like it, but I knew that because there was a cultural disconnect. But right. there was something about your music when I heard it and uh, the album, Show Up. <laughs> that, that album stayed on repeat for me. And then, of course, you have the Caribbean song, Sweeter in There, which I absolutely love. So thank you for introducing me and making me fall in love with Music. It's so crazy that you said that I'm on Instagram the other day. And of course I follow you and I see you doing, um, uh, a Caribbean, uh, an African song and, and I'm blown away about it because, um, in my movie about my father, uh, it starts with an African piece 
And uh, I actually went on Instagram and found a singer uh, uh, to actually sing some Swahili for me. So I interpreted the song, wrote the song. And when I saw you, I was like, mm, I probably should have sent it to her. But uh, I it's not too late. Not, <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I saw you and I didn't know anything about your upbringing or where you were from. But here's what I did see. I saw you comfortable doing it. Yeah. I saw you comfortable. So that being said, I, I want to mirror that back to a question you just asked me. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things is being in a position to challenge myself over the years, you know, be it an anthem, be it a country gospel, mm-hmm. whatever. I was always that guy that would be in a position to 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 push John a little further. So um, I really want to say thank you. And uh, I believe we're going to do some work together. I I don't sing like Kiki, but I look forward to it. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Listen, I, I have a lot of questions for you, and I just want to explain so you won't think I'm all over the place. But I want to talk to you from the scope of being, you're a pastor, you're a producer, and, you know, you're an artist as well. So understand my different variations of questions. We talk about the power of music. I was watching Versus, you um, with uh, Hez, and big up to Hez. My my dad's church was actually like around the corner from his. And I was crying. (laughs) I was crying during the whole Versus battle because it just took me back to, it was like nostalgic, right? It was like 90s, early 2000s, life was good. My dad was still alive. I had no bills. But it was just a good time in life. And didn't have no bills. Didn't no, have bills. no bills. No bills at all. Right. And it was just, you know, music just the it just reminds me about the power of music. You know, it literally took me to that place. And I want to switch that over to like gospel music. And I want you to talk to gospel artists who may be listening, especially independent ones. What is the role of the Levite, the gospel singer, especially in this day and age? Because we know the power of music. You know, and I'm always be a hundred with you. Yeah. That question. Wow. It. it, it, I know what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But it has changed so because um, people allow time and season and session Mm -hmm. to affect their assignment. Mm. So so so, you know, if there had been no COVID. I could be so clear and say, you know, we stand up, we lead, we we bring attention to yeah. the real definition of worship, you know. Um, but what I believe is going on now is people are making noise so you can see them. Watch this. But the real definition is you make the noise and then you duck so they see Jesus. So uh, um, I, I just believe in my heart that we, we're going to have to get back to that because, you know, um, um, I love that I can sit down and just write a song. I'm working on a project now called 10 Women, 10 Victories. Um, I started it with Whitney Houston. Um, 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 Kim Burrell will tell you when Whitney passed it, everybody said she was listening to Fred, but she was listening to John. We had started a project and I'd already written her song and we were excited. So Aretha was supposed to be on the project. So I wrote all this beautiful music and I wanted women to really 
tell their story. And I wanted to tell their story through our conversation. I wanted to have a conversation with you. You tell me what you went through, but I want you to go back to the days of James Cleveland, which your audience might not even remember him. But James <laughs> Cleveland songs, they had a problem and then they had a solution. Those old gospel songs. Yeah. So I wanted that, that, that to take place. And I brought that up because our assignment is to be there to encourage. I'm, I'm loving I made it out. It's old now, but we're still driving it. John P. Key keeps dropping brand new mixes on it every week. <laughs> yeah. I just finished a new video for the Four Kings mix. Shout out to Lenny from New York. And I can't wait. We were like, when are we going to drop this video? Right before I called you today, we decided the first day of the year. Let's go. Because we made it. You know, we, we have a go. legal right to sing it. So I, yeah. got, I got the go-go mix for DC, the choir. Okay. I got the three sons mixed with me and my boys and Rance oh. Allen. Uh, we've got the quartet mix. And um, so I'm super excited about standing up in my own role and yeah. being there to encourage the heart of God's people. Wow. I, I admire you because you. of being able to sustain, because in my 30 something years of living, right, I have seen the shift in gospel music. And I kind of want to talk to you about that too. Like what's the biggest change that you've seen in gospel music? But I admire you for being able to, as you said in the beginning, you stay John B. Key. Like, you don't try to be like, all right, well, let me start hopping up and down, you know, and try to learn the latest dance so I can hang with the young people. No, I, I really respect that. But, um, yes, what has been the biggest change in gospel music that you've seen, and are you for it or against it? Um, the biggest change I've seen is um, everybody going to the land of simplicity, um, mm. the... the um, 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 everybody wants to sound like 90s or late 90s, early 2000. Um, um, I'm trying not to say it, here it comes. Um, 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 I don't, I don't want to say it defined worship to adapt from the heel song. Boom, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All kind of stuff is trying to come out. White people, white Just let it right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but um, the, the, the Hill song, um, parentheses, standing between them. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. I have a couple myself. Okay. Uh, some of my early writings, I worship the, um, 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 I do worship, yes. um, wave it away. Uh, those songs, they still work today. I'm on tour. Right. I leave right after Christmas. I'm in Dallas, Houston, and Atlanta. Awesome. And I'm, I'm outside one, midnight, one of the concerts. And I know I can sing those songs, which are 42 years old. <laughs> and they still work. So yeah. I think the biggest change I've seen in gospel is to almost see the cycle come back around. Yeah. and see that people are doing stuff i did it wasn't it wasn't proper to mm -hmm. sing worship when i was writing it back then um and i call names dr scott leonard scott some of the record company execs was like yo pick it up make it funky no don't slow wow. it down you know so um and then that same thing happened to me in new york before i left uh zamba or verity 
um, Jazzy Jordan when I wrote um, Life in Favor. Mm -hmm. uh, Jazzy told me to go back and write some more. And I was offended. I've been in the oh. game 35 years. <laughs> you tell me to go write some more? Right. Do you know the master? <laughs> I, you know, I knew that song was of God. I promise you. And I, and I pray that your audience doesn't, doesn't believe, think I'm being conceited in any way. No. But when I wrote, when I wrote Life in Favor, I'm delivered. You, know, um, you don't know my story. Mm -hmm. I knew when I turned on the highway that afternoon at 345, I was like, oh my God, let me hurry and get to the studio. This is a hit. Um, and, and, and look what it did. I mean, I sold so many copies of that particular unit. I can't tell you because IRS might be watching. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, um, knowing who you are, and, and then here I was on the circle again, you know, 30 years later with somebody telling me it won't work and it's working. So right. you got to know who you are. And you got to hold fast to that because that's who God's commanded you to be. Come on, come on. What is your writing process even like? like I feel like you just question. go on the mountain. <laughs> um, um, it's so weird. And uh, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. That's a great question. It starts all kind of, sometimes it's just a, a lyric. Okay. Sometimes it's just a me melody. Um, um, sometimes I started and sing it in my phone. Mm -hmm. And I come back and visit it eight months later. Uh, right now, I have approximately, yeah, with no exaggeration, well over 2,000 ideas that I haven't finished between my phone, my pad, and so. But here's the cool part. When I'm ready to just write, I can go to that phone or that pad, pull it up, yeah. and flow. I mean, that's a song. I'm, a, I'm doing I'm challenging myself now to do at least one or two a week that I've already started. So um, their process is, is amazing. Here's something real cute. I um, I lived on the lake for years and I mm -hmm. built a room called my writing room. It had a nine foot grand in it. It had all my awards. It was so beautiful. It had oh. all of the taping devices and I could see the water and I could see the piano and I could see the wonderful marble floor and the lights. Oh. I never wrote a song in there. Never, I, I never, I, I never wrote a song in it. I'm gonna send you a picture of that room. Okay. It, was, it was built for writing. And I always tell people that because where I did write was in the car, yeah. uh, right after I got through preaching or something, it was mm -hmm. always somewhere else. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What inspires you? How did I know that question was coming next? Um, <laughs> everything and and i'm not trying to be funny mm -hmm. a bird um, yeah. um i wrote a song the other day um about water um and we had a um a pipe to burst in front of the church um um we redid the fence so i'm working on my build a fence song come on <laughs> uh, um boundaries i think is the song title of okay. the song so everything everything my life my my ups my downs my happy days yeah. the divorce the yeah. everything my children everything i go through 
can create a melody and a song, and I praise God for that. Amazing. I'm going to get a little personal now. And you can do I can't? Okay, thank you. <laughs> do you have any regrets in life? If so, what are they? Or Wow, regrets. This is going to sound so spiritual, but I'll break it down. Four and a half years of my life, I um, I sold drugs in an area called Double Oaks. And I often wonder all the time, what if I knew what I knew now, mm. would I go back and erase those chapters? And my answer continues to be, heck no. And, and, and here's why. Um, I poisoned this community. I'm actually over, over here now. I poisoned this community. But when I see what God did out of it, when he saved me, my desire from day one was to get back here and make it right. So, and make it right to me didn't just stop in double oaks. Make it right to me meant, hey, buddy, you got to um, go all over this country mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and tell the truth. The stuff that nobody wants to talk about, you got to talk about it. The stuff that God delivered you from and freed you from. Right. It was a no-no. It's got to be your opus. So um, 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 when I start thinking regrets in my, and I did some bad things um, from owning the clubs to, I did some horrible things, but all of them were my textbook to my ministry now. You, you will see John V. Key out at night talking to homeless people or, or making sure that the homeless are covered and taken care of. That all came from me being on the street too, you know? So um, when it comes to regrets, and I know it, just like I said, sounds deep and spiritual to say I don't have any, but I know what they caused me to become. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Wow, so I guess the answer to my next question is, would you go back and change anything? Maybe no. <laughs> I, I, you know what, because you're my family, I'll I, I probably tell you, I probably would try to, you know. Right. I hurt some people, you know. Uh, to Miss Beverly Jones, the young lady I was dating, when she went to check on her mom in Sacramento, and I sold all her furniture in the house. Uh, to um, 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 the young man that I knew that was the barber's son, and I, me and him were in the same house dating two sisters, and I hit him in the head with the lamp. You know, I could go on and on. I have all those kind of stories. And look, 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 look. Oh, wow. As a pastor, this is so crazy for me. I've, I've pastored 25 years um, uh, at New Life. And here comes the offering and the end of service. And people are walking around giving their tithe and their gift. And I'll look and I'll see, oh, my God, I remember what I did to him. Oh, my God, I remember what I did to her. That's just amazing to me. Why would you even come to my church? <laughs> but it lets you know what God has really commanded and called me to do. And I, I praise him for that. Now, I'm, I'm here trying to do math in my head because you have been doing the gospel. You've been in the gospel music since you were like 14. Yeah, I jumped, I jumped out. I, I started, well, okay. I, don't know. I, I really wasn't doing gospel at 14. <laughs> at 14 or 15, I was um, living in California. I left um, North Carolina. And I went to Cali and I started uh, working uh, with, with all kinds of artists. And then I got a job with Miss Black Universe Pageants. And I was okay. training voices. So I came back to Carolina 
And that's when I kind of messed it up a little bit. I was 17, but everybody thought I was 21. So I was too young to really be out there, but I graduated high school at 14. So I grew up real, real fast. So you graduated I, high school at 14? At 14, yes, absolutely. Come on, genius. Okay. I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so do you want to tell us? Um, I knew to tell the teacher she was beautiful and and, <laughs> and I brought her the apple on Wednesday. So yeah, that got me out, you know. And 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 um I, I, I've always had a decent memory, so while everybody else, while everybody else was studying, I read it one time, you know, and it wow. kind of hung out, it hung out with me. Did you study music in college? I did not. Um, a, a few days. <laughs> when I moved to California, I actually went to Marysville, California, and that was a school there, Yuba College, and my brothers were actually studying studying under a man. Uh, by the name of Charles Ashworth. Um, there's a, um, a, a secular Christian producer um, by the name of um, um, Charlie Peacock in Nashville. Um, I was number one on Billboard one season. And I looked at the right, and there's this guy, Charlie Peacock. He was number one with his hit. And I'm looking at his face like I know this guy. Charlie Peacock was Charles Ashworth's son who sat me down and showed me improvisation. So I bumped into him on a Billboard magazine wow. like two years later, and it was amazing. So I did study. I, you know, I, for years okay. I tell people no, but I actually did study, and uh, so I get it. I understand what music really is. I'm still getting over the, the giving the teacher an apple part. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you have a question for Pastor Key, please hit the question, uh, the, what's that, a question mark, and leave it. Please do not post it on the wall. In a few minutes, I'm going to get to you guys' questions. So back to, back to the gospel arena, what is it that you would tell independent artists that are trying to get in? I would, tell, I would tell them the same thing I tell young entrepreneurs, um, um, in my church. There's a lady here. Her name is Shamika. She's a beautiful, a gorgeous woman of God. New Place 19. I think I saw her here um, listening. Um, she's so not challenged by what presses her. It like mm -hmm. doesn't bother her. She, if she stepped out to um, uh, New Place 19, she is here. Um, she, um, You guys can follow her too. She's amazing. When, um, um, her sons, I, I mentor all the young men in church. I have an amazing ministry um, for young men. You know, I had a program for years called Night Court, getting them off the street. And uh, what I see, uh, went, like you, I had no idea. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know about the singing and the. And when I saw you, and I'm sure you know the video I'm talking about. I saw the garb, the whole night. She is really fitting in this whole little scene, and you know, it's, she just clowning me or is this what she does and i paused and really went and watched it and saw you are an artist in your own right that yeah. being said mirroring back to shamika um job market was acting up she was never broke you know but she just pursued what was hers and that's yeah. the thing i want artists to do be unapologetically you wow. you know 
Um, the way I got in the vocal game, I wasn't a singer, but I was working clubs and the singers were killing, you know, and they were making more money than me. I'm just on the piano. So I went home and I got a Songs in the Key of Life album and an Ace Spectrum album. This is a great story. Good job, Biki Trivia. The Ace Spectrum record had a man singing on it um, by the name of Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, the basketball player, was his father. Okay. And I would listen to this record like a comedian trying to um, uh, mimic another. You want to sound like somebody. Or, and um, uh, I would listen to him. Um, there are times. If I had a little grit in my voice, I would try to hold times. Oh, when the world seems right. I learned that whole song, Moving On, yes. Y'all need to Google that song. It's called Moving On, A Spectrum. And I learned it and learned it and learned it. And I learned it to the point where I felt I sounded like him. I got Stevie. I see us in the park. Learned me two or three Stevie songs. Boom. Yeah. Then I went to the club on it. like, yo, when he comes, you got to pay the whole band. I undercut the singer, praise God. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> but that's how, and I learned my four songs, my A Spectrum, my three Stevie songs, and I would sing a blues. And it got me to working. So out of necessity, trying to make a few more dollars. So I really wasn't John Piquita vocalist, but I could sound like those guys pretty good. So wow. that kind of opened the door for me. I got to meet Rudy Gay too. Uh, oh. After 40 years, 40 four years i got to meet him my brothers wouldn't let me go out in club because i was still 14. they wouldn't let me hang out with them because i was like oh i can handle this i'm in cali my mom and dad were nervous he, he's out there wild now so they would literally lock me in the house with those two records a spectrum and songs in the key of life so i learned them right now when songs in the key of life if i hear one of the songs on the radio I get mad because I know what's coming next. I know the next song because <laughs> I, I learned it like that. But um, um, I, I studied and 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 I, I continued. And that's why when I first started talking to you today, I said, I, I don't know what I was pursuing because I was always pursuing something else that I look back now and say, God had to intend for that to take place. But wow. I do meet Mr. Rudy Gay. I thought everybody told me he was dead. I didn't know his name. I just knew there was a guy singing. And here's the story behind A Spectrum. Rudy wasn't the front man. So they didn't put his name on the back of the record to say he was singing. So we never knew who was singing. I was just trying to find the group, John P. Key. If you yeah. bless me, I'm gonna find you and bless you back. That's just what I, I live for that. I'm gonna yeah. post some things in the next few days of people I heard in my life and they blessed me. I wanna bless them back. So I, I post it and I find him. I find he has a family. He's living in Maryland. So I find my blessing financially, you know, and that was just a, another highlight of my life. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So we're talking about industry. We're talking about independent artists right now. Mm -hmm. Be unapologetically you. Yeah, got to do right? it. Indefinitely. But even in that, there's something called the it factor, right? Because as much as this is ministry, this is very much a business. Yeah. So in your, what is the it factor for you? Um, mm, 
I think I think that it factor for John P. Key still goes back to him being him. You know, no, no, let me clarify. For artists, like for artists. Okay. Yeah. What do you say I, is the it factor? Like, oh that that's a star right there. Thank you for flipping it. <laughs> when I look, let me use you. When I look at you, okay. I didn't know about the singing. The singing was on point. First thing I look for in the singer is not how many runs you can do, what's your tone like, and do your singing tune. Bam, you win. Okay. Another thing, what else can we do with this artist? Yeah. Okay, if I was your manager, I'm I'm about to put you on 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 the on the bridge. Mm -hmm. I was your manager, I would tell you, I see little things you do. I see the way you um uh, and don't uh, um, um, I don't I'm not creepy now. I just I just see what you do. It's but I see the way you interact with your that's your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I see the way you interact with your daughter. And how the vibe when you interact with your daughter and even what you posted, when people post their kids, I really watch where, where are we going with this. Hmm. And I notice when you interact with your daughter, it's almost like not a big I or a little you or a little you. It's like you want the viewer to see this is my heart. Am, am I wrong? Am I close? You are very um, close. You must make me cry. You're very uh, close. And, and and that's noticed immediately. It's never you I see mothers, and I'll probably get some some mail for this one, but I see mothers when they do post their kids, they're still fronting themselves. Like, this is the cute factor, but I'm putting her out here so you can really see me. I've never seen that in any of your posts. It's always about that pretty baby. Another thing, I would I see your fashion conscious. Let's start working on a makeup line. Let's start making. Let's what can we do with this smile? Call a toothbrush company. <laughs> you've got to you've got to be willing to get out of the box. John Piquet is so much more than just an artist. You know, I own property. I have businesses. Yeah. I'm negotiating daily. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to take this billion dollar idea, Little Rufus, and make some money. So I've got to restructure the head. I've got to get the head to where Little Rufus talks. I got to get that mouth to move it because the kids, 15, 20 years ago. They didn't care that the head went out and he was singing like crazy, but his mouth wasn't. The new kids want to know, why is his mouth not moving? You know, so <laughs> I, I, it, it, the it factor to me is that individual that says, you will not put me in a box. You I see me it. singing, you see me standing, you see me promoting, but I'm always something else. You know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Seven streams of income, right? Right. Even for artists, wow! Oh, I'm gonna take some audience questions. Oh my, y'all are not playing with these questions. Um, where can we read more about John P. Key's bio and philanthropy work? Uh, it's coming soon. I'm actually working on a book now called "My 15 Most Impressionable Moments." And a lot of them will speak to the gift factor. One of the cute stories um, I'll tell that 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 person that asked the question is me being introduced to music. Really, okay. um, we were from the country. I'd never gone to a movie theater, so mm -hmm. we moved to the city, and they give us a Saturday morning to go to the movie theater. Before we get to the theater, my dad sits us on the porch the night before and tells us about this Carolina theater that he was not able to go through the front door. 
they had to go around the back, go up the back steps and sit up in the what they call the buzzer groups. And uh, so he's telling us all these stories and during the intermission of the movie, uh, my uncle or grandfather or somebody used to play the piano down. So we're, we're hearing all these stories. And so I go to the movie theater to see The Sound of Music. And this is a very true story. And it's a short one, I'm done. We go in the movie theater and we sit down and all of a sudden here's this music and it's loud and it's coming out of the speakers. And I'm from the country, I don't know what is this. Right. But I'm gonna tell you something that I can only tell you um, that happened that day. I knew when I heard what I now know is orchestration, I knew it would be a part of my life. I can't tell you, as she's standing on the hill, I mean, these strings, I don't know what it is, but it totally took over my body. And, and how old were you at this point? I'm thinking eight. I, I had to be over seven, and, I, and I've done the math with us moving. So I had to be seven or eight years old. Amazing. Amazing. Paul, um, oh, that's a good question. What is something you have yet to accomplish in ministry that God, that has been put on your heart? Wow, I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> that is a great question. Mm -hmm. Ministry. So it has to be something I'm yet pursuing. Um, I kind of been out there for a minute. Um, yeah. I want to do Carnegie Hall. Okay. I really want to do Carnegie Hall. And I don't want to go rent it myself. I'm waiting for somebody to call <laughs> me to do it, but in the next two years, if I hadn't been done yet, I'll go in and rent it myself and do an evening with John P. Key. Well, I'm in New York. I will definitely be in the front row. Uh, I'm, look, you might go on and book the building for me. That'll be one of our business ventures. I got you. I don't. I, I don't you. know. I know that we're we're not filling up venues yet, but I believe after this eases the dis-ease eases, mm -hmm. I I believe I could fill that room. You know. You definitely can. Yeah, yeah. Someone is asking, when is your movie being released? Um, the movie, uh, let me run real quick and tell you about it. It's about my dad, mm -hmm. 1947, being given a record contract from a company out of New York. And uh, he convinces 22 foot soldiers, 21, 22 people, to leave their jobs and do what he calls the big time. They're going to New York to record. Uh, they get approximately an hour or so outside of Durham. And the Ku Klux Klan turns their bus around and shoots their tires out. So this story about my dad is a story of hope. Um, he did give up, never really wanted to sing. He had 16 of us, 10 girls and six boys. Uh, after having 14 of the children, he had never named a son after him. He had five boys, you know, and, and, and said he'd never name a son after him because he really felt like he failed. He never reached his, his goal. So... Uh, the car breaks down and the cousin comes down from Philly to take him. So he said, I'll take mom. We're in the country to have this baby at Duke Hospital. But Big John, you got to name that son. You got to name him after me. So my dad was like, okay. But gets mad on the way and thinks about it. I'm not naming that my child after you. And I'm not putting my own name in there. The man's name was Prince Pete's out of Philadelphia. My daddy ends up naming me John Prince Key after him. But watch this. 
I really feel like I'm, um, can I use anointed in that sense? I feel like I'm anointed with his vision because I never wanted a choir, a choir, a what? No, not in, when I was coming up, you got a small group or the whinings, wow. at, you know, drop, you know, you, but I take a choir and I teach a choir how to sing choir music, be a traditional quartet or contemporary mm -hmm. or show up. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's basically what he did. He had a choir called um, the Southland Gospel Singers. So it's a great movie. Along with his story, I chronicle it with a tour with James Cleveland, Mahalia Jackson, the Dixie Hummingbirds, and the Caravans. And it's a great, great, great. I love it. We're five scenes from being done. Uh, Corona knocked us off the horse. Yeah. But we're trying to safely get back together to finish those five scenes. Of course, my son, John John, plays my dad from age 15 to 35. Zaccardi plays his brother, um, but Rance Allen plays my father from age yes. 35. Yes. And it's, it's, I want, I cannot wait for people to see this movie. It's gonna be great. You just have so much, like, mm -hmm. I need a biopic on you as well, like, mm -hmm. now. And I heard um, in Clubhouse that you're working on a tribute album and someone asked the right question, like, why are we doing a tribute album? Are you, you're not going anywhere. You're going to live a very, very, very long time in Jesus' name. Um, but your answer, can you share that with us while you're working absolutely. on it? Absolutely. Um, James Cleveland passed and I watched him release records that he'd done, stuff he hadn't finished. Mm -hmm. And um, I really shook my head to that. Um, Gap Band, when they went from one deal to the other, old Gap Band records were released that they hadn't finished. So I get an attitude one day and go to the the iconic fat house with a pair of scissors and I cut up all my masters. When I tell you I'm sick today, in New York right now downstairs, they feel like they have a lot of John P. Key masters they have empty tape. I I never turned in a master. My whole career, I never turned in a master. Oh my so god! I go down. I go to the fat house and I cut up all my masters. I got a few tapes left, maybe five. It was the worst thing I ever did. I want to re-release. Um, there is hope and a lot of those songs. I cut those songs up. I took you my time. You literally I, cut these songs up. I am, but I literally cut them up because I did not want. Um, me to leave here and they start releasing and remixing. With that being said, um, um, my tribute project was an idea um, before my Motown deal um, that a few people wanted to do tribute. So they sent me all these people that were singing my songs. I barely liked five of them. You know, it was folk that I didn't even know or enjoy vocally. And I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna do a tribute record, I'm, right. I wish I could take that one back, but uh, no, no, I barely, no. I barely purchased five of them. Let's say it like that. So um, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do a tribute record and not enjoy the people. So I've got oh. Sir Soul. Sir Soul is banging. He's singing. He's so amazing. He's singing. Um, um, John P. Key never remembers the name of his song. He's singing a song I wrote years ago called Survive. And he's doing such an awesome job. I uh, can, I shall. You need to stop it. I'm trying to. Yeah. 
just one line, just one line from him. Give me two. Give me two. trying to cry my concealer off. That's what got me through college, that's the key. Well, wow. and you know what? And let everybody know, because I love to check people when they're on point. Before Woo! I played it, she had already started singing the lyrics, so she's not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. That's for real, for real. <laughs> Ooh, come on, Sadie. I love that man's voice. He's amazing. He's a good person. Yes, He's a yeah. good person. We hung out on the phone the other day. He's a good guy. Yeah, we got some other stuff coming up. So that's uh, one oh. of the songs that's on the John Vicky tribute record. Okay. And I'm excited is, about it. Is there a release date for that yet? Oh, not at all. I'm really, but I'm, I'm maybe five songs from being done. Everybody's on it. Everybody. Let me tell you something, people that are on that record. Oh, uh, Here we go. I say, who's on that <laughs> We got the Stout, who I met online. She's uh, singing I Shall Do by Sheila Lakin. Standing in the Need of Prayer was redone by Zaccardi and a young lady named Yael. Fred okay. Hammond does You Bless Me, One Step. A uh, Christian artist by the name of John Gibson from California. Jarrell okay. Smalls does Thank You, Lord. The Williams Singers does Harvest Time. Bishop Hezekiah Walker does Jesus is Real, which I wrote for him. Got in the studio, finished it, and then took it back. So he's getting these. Guys <laughs> uh, my cousin. I never knew that. Yeah, I wrote Jesus is Real for him, and he he really messed it up. I was sending just the background and the and the music, and he said, um, "Why don't you go in and sing it?" So I kind of know what's going on. They were getting ready to do a uh, Love Fellowship was getting ready to do a new record. He yeah. said, "Why don't you go in and sing, you know, and and give me an idea." I said, okay. I went to J. Howard Studios, got in the mic and sang the song. Jesus is real. I said, oh. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I like this. I'm going to keep this for myself. Hey, oh, my God. Oh, how wonders J.J. Harrison. 
Uh, I love you to Hamiltons. PJ Morton already did color blind. Tasha oh. Cobbs is doing cast. Corey Henry is doing right here. Comfort oh. me, Letta Adams. Uh, Earl Jones from New York did Jesus Listen Me. Yes. Sweeter Darius James. Uh, Chris Irwin did We Glorify. Uh, Build a House, Michael Stampley. The Lord is Able, Michael Lampkin. Breathe on Me, Erica Campbell. Show Up uh, Remix, Molly Music. Lily Valley oh. Resound from Virginia. We made it, Frank McComb. Stan, Shelby Five, Jesus, by Sheila Lakin, Lena Bird Miles. The secret is out. I have not met this guy. I heard him online. His name is Ty Miller. I'm going to find him in the next couple of weeks. He and Vanessa Bell going to do it again. And then Sir Soul did survive. Isn't that nice? <sighs> Molly Music, show up. He's going to what are you doing to us? <laughs> what are you doing to us? I'm, I'm going to need that to come on out quick. That's amazing. Sorry, I'm just taking that in. <laughs> so who, who is left for you to work with? I mean, I feel like you've worked with everyone. Is there anybody else who is like on your bucket yeah, list? Yeah, Uncle Charlie and I are real good friends, but we've okay. never done any music together. Uh, we've been in the studio. One night, I had him in the studio for hours, and we were just so busy singing old hymns and songs, we didn't hit the record button. So I'm definitely going to work with him in the future. I'm reaching out to him now because I'm finishing the Ranch Island tribute. I'm, I'm loving that. I'm almost done with it. Uh, I've got everybody singing on that one as well. Um, I really, really want to do something with Al Green. I've already written a song. And that's just about me making that call. And I'm going to make it to you because uh, Al, Al, that's the groove king to me. So that, that would yeah. be amazing. Um, oh I tell you what, I, I, I really wanted to do a duet with um, 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 I really wanted to do a duet with Anita Baker back in the day. I thought it would be Real cool. That was when I was at my little calm voice back in the day. So <laughs> that that was a desire. So um, I, I, there's still some things in the work. I love it. You don't stop working, like. You don't I stop. tell artists. Let me speak to every independent artist. Yes. The thing you do that will kill your vision, dream, and your art is to work on a project, fall in love with that project, and sit back and say look at what I've done. Never, I never do that. That's how I have so many finished songs in the can, thousands, you know, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. I said it the other night and somebody challenged me and I said, you know, I probably never say it again, but I do because I never stop working. I don't know, just work for a project. I never yeah. do. And even when I did work for projects, you're going to love this. They only required 10, 11 songs. I always did 25. So I'd have something to pick from. So you, yeah, you talked about that in Clubhouse, just the importance of um, artists having a, a catalog. I, I, I can relax because I have a catalog. I was let me go and be. Let me see. Can I tell this? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> Today, this very day, when many people are struggling and going through, that's why I'm such a giver because God is so kind to me. God is out of the box for me. And he just sustains me. And I tell people, it's not about millions. It's about waking up 
and the lights are still on. Mm. You know, we learn to celebrate him for who he is. Mm -hmm. um, you inspire yourself, you know, and, and, and that's where I am. You know, I, I, we had a little budget thing going on with the movie and I, I really just kind of still smile because who's done a movie um, filmed from here to San Jose when I, we meet uh, Mahia Jackson, we actually shoot in New Orleans. You know, who gets to do all of that? And where I sit today looking at you, my gorgeous niece, I owe nobody nothing. I don't owe anybody a quarter. That's so, exactly. you know, that's, that's it. You, you gotta believe in yourself. Stop waiting on companies to invest, you invest. A company tried to get me to sign and they were telling me everything they could do for me. And my social presence was almost a half a million more than theirs was. You just gotta think about it, you know? I just really want independent people to stand up because the companies ruled for years, but I knew the day that we were able to make a CD ourselves in our house. I yeah. said, this is not going to be long. This is going to, this is not going to be around. I, I still, if you knew how many CDs I still sell on tour six yeah. months ago, it's a, it's mind blowing because people want that touch. People want to hang out with you. People want yeah, to yeah. touch what you have. And, and, and I just think again, that whole attitude, uh, you said seven, means of 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 of, of income, of income yeah. i'm screaming 12 you know let's jump the gun you know hey. so you can continue to reinvent yourself yeah yeah and herein lies i think not i think i know the struggle with the independent artists when it comes to like staying independent or going after a label because quality production is expensive <laughs> you have the production cost. Or, or is it? Times have changed. I'm listening. Times have changed, and you got so many producers that are out there that want the work that will step on the platform with you to get the open door. With a vocal as, as good as yours, you should be able to go on and your social presence. Hey, guys, I'm looking for a couple producers. You don't have to be, you know, a triple-A producer. Let me hear your stuff. You hear the stuff. I'm looking for a few writers. I mean, and you could run across something that's good. The track is good. It's good. Yeah. I had a young man do a demo for me. I want to put his name up. I had a guy do a demo for me uh, a few days ago. And um, um, he was just doing a demo because I wanted the vocalist to record in his hometown. Uh -huh. So I had the guy do the demo. His name is James Adams. I had James Adams out of Columbia, South Carolina, do the demo for uh, Sean Bigby. I hear, so I said, Sean, I need to hear where you guys are. Here, here's the way I work with that. If I want you to do a vocal, I'll let you do your vocal in your hometown, find a producer that does it. I just need your vocal. I'm working so much, I don't have time to stop and do the tracking. I do have a staff that tracks, but I let the guy, James Adams, who works uh, eight to five, send me the demo and I fall off the stool. It's amazing. Oh. I'm sitting on the focal stool in the booth and like, what? Who did this? Strings oh. were impeccable. Piano was so clean. 
sounded like me and Michi in the 90s. Mm. I mean, just, I, I, and, and let me be careful not to toot a John B. Keyhorn. When I say sounds like me, I mean clean production. I'm the guy that plays the chord progressions. I don't need a lot of fluff because we need to hear the vocalist. So that's right. what I mean. He was there and amazing. And I called him on his job during his break, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> a few days ago, he worked third shift and told him, count the days. Because I promise you, I'm hiring you on my team. And I hired him, I hired him immediately. He, he was amazing. So that being said, this is the day and time, especially in the pandemic. A lot of people went in the shed, you know. That's true. And I believe you can find some decent production. And I want to really throw that out there for independent artists, you know. For me to stop and do a song, do what I do, because I can't work on anything I don't believe in. Right. You know, so if I'm working on something I believe in and I really want it done, you know, I, I'm going to press the issue. I'm going to push the issue. But mm -hmm. there are guys that can do the same work. This guy was amazing. You have, like, the best attitude. I feel like you're always just happy. <laughs> I'm sure there are times that you're not. But what what is that thing that keeps you going? It just keeps you keeps that engine running. I've got amazing kids. My kids are so corny, Aww. man. <laughs> and it's such a, I mean, we, we, we are, all my kids are, 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 are comedians, you know, I taught them how to laugh. I taught them how to laugh at stuff, you know, that nobody sees it's funny, but you, you know, because <laughs> life is funny. I think if we ever get to the place where we, we become, uh, I, I call it overthinkers, mm -hmm. if we, if we get to that place. We, we lose sight on what we were commanded to do. So, no, I'm not happy all the time. I have issues too, but mm -hmm. I overcome them by relying on the joy of the Lord being my strength. That album got played a lot. In, yeah, in, strength, uh, was, in strength was a good record too. Oh my God. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me just ask a few more of the audience questions. I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long time. Um, oh, someone is asking Will you ever revisit We Walk by Faith? We Walk by Faith is the tune. Um, <laughs> I need to. I, I need to. Um, we Walk by Faith and Wait on Him. Mm -hmm. I wrote in a Chili's on Highway 26, I think, in Dallas, maybe, oh, uh, wow. by, the, by the Redbird Mall. And watch this blow your mind. I wasn't saved yet. I was sitting at the Red, I was sitting at the Chili's before the Redbird Mall. That's where the Connect was supposed to meet me. I was selling dope. And I was sitting in Chili's, and mm -hmm. I was waiting on them to call or come by. Nobody could. And um, the lady said, may I help you? I said, no, I'm just waiting on him. Wait on him. Wait on him. My God. And that's how I wrote Wait on Him. Oh, my that's God. A true, that's a true story. So those songs, all those songs have um, have this, like, deep meaning. We Walked by Faith came from just really stepping out there with nothing, you know, going to the Stellar Awards because we were nominated with no money. Record right. company didn't help us. You know, everything was a step of faith. So 
Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, revisit really- this story though. <laughs> you said it so casually, but this just like proves that when God has called you to do something, you, you, he's gonna get it done. You were selling dope. I, I was selling drugs. <laughs> I was selling. I was selling dope in Dallas, Texas, and um, I remember it like yesterday. I, I was sitting there, and 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 he never showed up for the record. Let me say that, and. Uh, hmm. uh, but that's where I wrote that song. And and all those stories, four and a half years of my life, I tell people that those are the four and a half that many people will run from, but I can't. You know, I moved to this yeah. area and I was a pharmacist right across the street. Pharmacist. I got yeah, I you. Sold, I, uh, I sold dope Sheep in the bottle. little green store. And, and, and it, you know, to pastor now in the same neighborhood, God literally gave me the same territory that I, that I hustled in. So wow. when we started the church, I was equipped already. The little drug dealers had the pit bulls running. So I went over and asked them, yo, can y'all put the dogs up? So I got cursed out real bad. I didn't run. I stood there and let them curse me out. Sick the dog on me the whole night and I stood there. And I said, all right, let's do this. You put the dogs up. I see your three kids. I'll let your three kids come to my school you don't have to pay no daycare. I got a school, got daycare after, and I'll let your kids come for free. <laughs> he put the dogs up. You know what I mean? I so so we, we, and we, we rock, we changed this neighborhood. I found a video, I found a video the other day that I'm definitely gonna use uh, in, in my, um, when I do the project, the tribute, I'm gonna really talk about John P. Key and what happened, especially in this neighborhood. But I have a video, and I don't know who found it for me, but I got a video where the news, Channel 9 News, was stating that this was the most dangerous place to live in Charlotte. And the reason this video is so important is because the video I really want is when the mayor literally told me not to build a church over here. Why? But we came over here, and what I discovered was Double Oaks got a bad rap. There's a, a gas station at the top of the hill where all the drugs and the prostitution was going. But the truck drivers would come down here and bring the the, the sin and the iniquity to my neighborhood. So we did all kinds of stuff. I can tell you how we used to tear the trucks up. I ain't gonna tell you we shot at the tires, but we flattened tires and we got the truckers out of here. We warned them, you gotta get out of here. And we'd be out there fighting with the truck drivers, but. We literally cleaned this neighborhood up. So then they turned around and tore down the hood and changed it, the name to Bright Walk. And I was crushed by that because we had such a powerful ministry yeah. and nothing was wrong with the apartments. They said that they were going to tear them down and give first dibs to the older women to come back and purchase the homes once they rebuilt. Okay. But the mom that was on the fixed income, she couldn't afford a $300,000 condo. So. But uh, we did our work here. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> if I thought you were amazing before, you just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tell us the tell us the story about the band coming out in choir room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, where were we? We were somewhere. I know where we were. We were in Alabama not mobile we were in alabama and there were church choir robes in the back of the church 
And I dared him. I said, I dare y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> so whoever that is, they absolutely know what they're talking about. So the whole band came out. Morgan. Oh, I my said, God. Uh, uh, Sean, Chris, all of them, they came out with the church choir robes on from the back and rocked the gig. BTS of uh, being in the band with Pastor Key. Okay. <laughs> Bootsy, Bootsy Jones is on here, just an amazing independent artist. I see you had a question. How did a nephew, how did a nephew lose his uncle? How did the situation <laughs> take place? Oh, I take, okay, now I get it. Bootsy? Yeah, Bootsy, Bootsy, Bootsy was, I have me and Bootsy. I was trying to, <laughs> I think he was trying to, int- I, I know exactly what happened. He was trying to introduce me to, um, I guess, hip hop or, or, contemporary music and i had to check bootsy and say bootsy you need to go back and listen to, it was before his time yeah. i told him you gotta go back and listen to not guilty you know uh what's the verdict somebody heard <laughs> him run me my check you know, uh, you know uh, 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 run me my check fast now nah, but bootsy's a good guy bootsy's an amazing producer bootsy, he and his brother yeah, yeah. He, he knows what he's doing yes yes uh, Ethan Neese is asking, how is your health? Amazing. I've lost 132 pounds. I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. I, I'll swing on a brother. Now. Yeah. Come on. Oh, boy. <laughs> what was it that got you to that point that said it was time for you to make a change? Well, I, I was never like a huge eater. We just ate at the wrong time. You know, so I just had to change some things that I did and it was it was good for me. It was really good. For me. Come on, 132 pounds. Mm-hmm. Still trying to lose this quarantine weight. Can you tell us the emotions you felt when you received the Lifetime Achievement Award? None. Not not one emotion. The emotion I remember you seeing saw, the tears roll down your eyes. I got you. I got you. And I thank you for asking that question. I've never been an awards guy. I could care less, really. My tears that night, if you remember, Sheila Lakin came out on stage and sang. Sheila hadn't sang in years. She gave it up. She still manages me, but Sheila hadn't sang. And Sheila had gone through a bout with cancer, and God had healed her body. So all that emotion that everybody saw, oh, he cried for the award. Wow. I'll sell it to you for $100. (laughs) I'm grateful. I mean, I don't want it to seem like I'm not grateful. Thank you exactly. for acknowledging, but I've never been the awards guy. You know, I, I really, everybody say they don't do it for that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like Paul. If I don't do it, I'll die. So mm-hmm. if anything that comes along with it, thank you, God. But all that emotion that night had absolutely nothing to do with the award. Hi, SR Soul. SR Soul is in the building. We just heard your song with Johnny Key. <laughs> he's a he's a he's whew. ridiculous. Um, no, we answered that question already. I promise I'll let you go in a few minutes faster. I so appreciate good. you spending this time with us. Um, Jesse, I think he answered that. You still live in North Carolina? If so, where? I'm still in Charlotte. Yeah. And um, um, I've got a place in Durham, so um, I love North Carolina. 
Awesome. Are you looking into working with any new gospel rappers on any of your new tracks? Come on and plug yourself, Jason. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I've got so many great rappers in my family, but absolutely. I ran a guy down on Instagram by the name of Mark J, Mark Johnson. He lives in Atlanta. We have a, a, a we have a song coming out on the 15th of January called It's Gonna Get Better. We okay. recorded it. We recorded it maybe 17 years ago. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's hot. It's really good. Someone is asking when you're going to minister next in Houston, Texas. I will be in Houston. I don't know if it's open to the public. I will be in Houston on the 30th of this month. Pastor Key, can I take you to Ghana with me? Yeah, I'll go to Ghana. I've been trying to go. I've been trying to go. Everybody always asks, why didn't you go to Africa after I? Come on. On the New Life Record. Listen, um, I just never had a promoter. You know, it was too far to go and then not know anybody and then fall apart. So, yeah, you can take me. We'll go. <laughs> let's go hey Sora I appreciate you um last question do you feel this is good do you feel like your style has evolved to meet the transitions in the Christian music industry um I love that question mm -hmm. because um and I don't know what I have to prove it um but the Christian music industry has always accepted me Mm -hmm. I don't know how many dove nods I have. I've never won the award, or do I have one? No. Um, so the Christian, um, that community, and I hate the line that's drawn between us. Yeah. And who put that line there? But um, um, I, I pray I've evolved, or let me flip it. I pray they've evolved to accept who I am, you know, um, because at the end of the day, um, uh, I wouldn't dare flip John P. Key. I redid Sweeter. Sweeter than what? anything I know. And yeah. it has a little um, uh, bump to it, if you would. But um, I, 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 when it comes to evolving to accept the other's gift or what they bring to the table, again, yeah. I, I pray they hurry up and come on and catch Uncle John. So I will say that there has been this slow merging happening between the Christian and the gospel world. Um, groups like Maverick, I don't know if you're familiar with Absolutely. That. Maverick is definitely that that mix. Um, I was even surprised I saw Ja'Kalen Carr on Maverick, and I was like, this is like gospel, a gospel gospel person with that. So I think that the merge um is is definitely happening and i i like it well i think you just really actually said what i said um and said so i think and and no slam to the person who asked the question mm -hmm. everybody wants to know when will we grow into them no 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 baby when will they grow okay. into me come on you know yeah. tasha Cobbs and i have an amazing song and a reprise come on. i don't know what project i'm gonna put it on <laughs> but uh, it's called Broken, and uh, it's an amazing song. And um, everybody who hears it goes nuts. And I love that the producers that have heard it or the real singers that have heard it yeah. try to put it in categories. And I love that because 
That's not, it was written out of the spirit of Tehillah. I'm on stage live and just begin to sing. I hear the voice of God telling me I will no longer be broken. And we're flowing with the song. And I knew then it had to be for her. So I went on to a whole year telling everybody, I wrote Taj Cobb's song, <laughs> Taj Cobb Leonard, a song. And, but I took it back and I'm singing it. So she does the actual song. Okay. And, we do the, and we do the reprise together. Woo. What has been your biggest takeaway from 2020? Oh my God. <laughs> um, here it comes. Here comes yeah. the deep John Piki. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Uh -huh. At all points, he was tempted like as we are yet without sin. Mm -hmm. My takeaway from 2020 is every preacher I, I posted the other day, the prophets are silent. Where are they? They're scared to talk because they knew uh, so many of them blew it in, in you know, 2019. But everybody, in prophesied, everybody prophesied. In 2019, the 2020 was going to be the year of yeah. then. When everything happened, they ran away from their prophetic word. I didn't. I believe it was the year of vision. That's right. My take, my takeaway was we got to see who was who. Correct. The covers were pulled back. Ministries, people that I always thought had that little edge. Come on. Racism edge on their neck. You know, put on the whole necklace. You know, so <laughs> my, yeah, my, my takeaway, my takeaway from 2020 is, not was, but is, um, God showed us what it means to trust him. Mm. I was getting ready to go on tour, check my, check my um, Instagram or Kurt's or Ja'Kayla. Mm. Ja'Kayla and Kurt were opening for me. Todd <sighs> Delaney, I had all the theme parks. Sheila had done a wonderful job. Oh I was even doing I was even doing my own city. I was doing carowinds. It was I was so excited. We could not wait. March, we were getting ready. I got the band ready. We about to tour. Mm -hmm. We hit these parts. Mm -hmm. And I lost almost two hundred thousand dollars in revenue overnight. Like on the whim of there's a dis-ease coming and yeah. it's gonna shut the nation down. So it shut it down. And I'm a people person, so I was good. You know, I was covered. Yeah. But I take care of my people. Yeah. And when yeah. I tell you, all things started to go wild. The, the tour shut down. The property that I was supposed to sell downtown, they tried to hoodwink me, so I backed up out of the deal. So everything that I thought was going to be coming in, let me flip it, income, mm -hmm. canceled, shut mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. But I'm here today to tell you. Come on. God is amazing. Yes, you know, he, he he performed for me in 2020. <laughs> I feel another song coming on, Pastor Keith. Oh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do. He performed. 2020, 2020. I mean, I try not I try not to use my song titles, but 2020, he straight showed up. He showed up. He did. And he didn't yes. show up the way you thought he would. That's exactly. why many of you that are that are looking here or looking on now or that, that are with us need to really be reminded of how God brought you to this point. And mm. you will throw that phone down on the ground and start dancing. Because you don't, some of you can't even answer it. Because you have no clue 
how he provided, but he provided. You're here. Right. Right. How about the provision was in just um, being able to breathe? Like, you know, we, we, we don't think about certain things. Like, we're always looking for, oh, I didn't get this new job. I didn't get this. No, I can breathe on my own. I can breathe on my own. That's really good. Okay, we're going to put Pastor Terry away. So, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, SR. So, um, Pastor Keith, you're so amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I don't I don't want to keep you too much longer. I, I just want to thank you. Um I want to also pay my respects to I know Bishop Rance Allen was a father figure yeah, to you, raised you. You know, may he definitely he's done well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, may right. he definitely sleep in peace. And um I want to give you your flowers while you still have the breath in your body. Yeah. Um, if no one, I'm sure people have told you, but I want you to hear from Terry Khan that you are such a gift to the world. And thank I God. thank God for you. And in times where you may feel like stopping, please don't, because you inspire the masses. Again, I'm sure you know this, but I want you to hear it from me. And I pray that God just multiplies to you everything that you've been pouring out for so long. Your heart is so amazing. You don't have people like you, a lot of people like you left in this world. You're definitely a rare gem. So I just want to publicly yeah. thank God for you. Uh, that, that, that means so much to me. Um, we just got a response. Um, I posted today, we're going crazy in this season uh, with our homeless and um, we, we feed constantly, yeah. feeding all day, uh, Christmas day. And I saw something two nights ago where people pulled up at the homeless tents and they just threw boxes of clothes and it was raining and they were wet. And some people just do it to say they did something. Uh -huh. One pastor told me, a pastor told me, I don't do that. I let y'all do it because every time I drive by there, I see cars down there. And I had to remind him, people with the cars are the people that are homeless. Hello. They walk away, some of them, with only their car. Hello. So they're down there with a car in a tent. So I just, I just, I said that to say, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm so grateful that I can get those accolades, if you would, off of my shoulders yeah. and be reminded of our call, yeah. our eclipses, as I called it the other night, our duty, you know, that's yeah. why I believe God continues to sustain me. Yeah. Now we might not have, or you might not have all that you had a year ago or two years ago. But like you said, the fact that I'm breathing, and this is what I do. I go out of my way to bless the people that continue to pray for me and to cover me. Yeah. You know, if I don't do nothing but send you $50 and tell you to eat lunch or dinner, right. you know, right. it doesn't mean that I have an extra $50. It means that I understand the power of sowing. I understand that if I continue to sow, God's going to meet every need yeah. that I have. <sighs> Is there anything you'd like to leave us with before I beg you to sing like 16 bars of a song for us? Yeah, I do. Um, um, I just really go back to the, the independent artists and I want you to encourage yeah. you that threw in the towel and said, my song's not worth it. My time's not worth it. You know, my passion is not worth it. It is. I want you to know it is. And God has already made room for you. And as soon as you are ready, to stand up and declare and decree who you are in your faith, not who you are in your voice, who you are in your faith. He's going to open up that curtain and allow you to be what he's commanded you to be. 
I received that for myself selfishly. Thank you. <laughs> so what would you like to say for us as we close? I've got one line. Benediction song. I, I, got, I got one good line. Here it comes. And life is worth the living just, just because <laughs> my God lives. Go, Pastor Joppy Key, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Music Mondays with Terry Cod. Pastor Key, I love you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so guys. much. Let's stay in touch. Get on my nerves. I want to do some work with you. I mean that. I will get on your nerves. No problem. <laughs> New Place 19. Love you. Love you guys. Good night. <laughs>